These resources are from Nairobi Baptist Church Youth Ministry. Join us every Sunday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Bethel Sanctuary. I hope we are all well. Yes? It's, it's nice to respond. It's godly. Uh, we are well, yes? Hey. I don't... Like my papers have refused to. August is clan month. Let, let's start there. So, our focus uh, as a church, we have been looking at strong. Our theme is strong. So, we started with strong in the grace, but now we are reflecting on being strong together. And this particular month, we are looking at building strong communities. Uh, be it at our family level, but also congregationally as a church, we are reflecting on how we as the church of God can be strong and united as a community. Right? It's good to respond, guys. Uh, so, over the next three Sundays, we'll be reflecting on three things. The first one is being loved by community. The second one is we are being taught in community. And the last one is the transformation that will occur through our communal living. And I am so excited, I hope you are, uh, to be with us uh, as we reflect, but also engage in different activities uh, that will spring up from our preaching. Tell your neighbor, spring up. And uh, this particular Sunday, we are looking at being loved by community. And I'll go on to read the rest of the scripture to just allow us to have more details on what the scripture says. First uh, John chapter 4, 7 to 12. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his son he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Amen? We may go to our clans. Okay. I felt like that scripture was so to the point. We might as well go to our class. But, but let's pray one more time. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is alive, uh, active, and sharper than any double-edged sword. So as we listen to it, may it change us, may it transform us, and may we be more like you. I pray that you may use me as your vessel, that I may be convicted in heart, that I may be clear in my thought, that I may be concise in my speech. So we thank you and we exalt you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. 
Amen. Because of time, I'd like to give us my three points for uh, the particular scripture we are reading today. And the first one is renewed to love. That we are renewed to love. The second one is the nature of this love. The nature of this love. And the last one is the transforming power of love. We are renewed to love. The nature of this love. And the transforming power of love. One of the biggest highlights. I don't remember a lot of things. Uh, I'm not good in keeping things in my head. But two things I remember highly in terms of how my community has loved me is one, when I was sick, I don't remember the particular years I've said I'm not good with remembering. I was once sick and we were coming from a Bible study. Uh, I was with Chris, the one who was playing bass. I know everyone who was playing here, just saying. Uh, so I was with Chris and Tito. And I had gotten... There was a season in, in my life where I didn't eat well, so I used to get typhoid and amoeba very often. Uh, and I was sick. Uh, we had just come from the Bible study, and I was very sick. And when coming from the Matatu in town, my body failed on me. Uh, and I remember clearly, they, I'm not sure if they carried me, but what I remember is that they, they carried me until the stage to my home. And that was one of the greatest show of love I got from my community. But the second one, okay, okay. The second one was in 2020, my brother passed away. And uh, my community, the church community, came and comforted me and uh, was there with me throughout the process and even after. And those two were highlights of how God used people to show his love. This particular scripture ends by saying, no one has ever seen God. No one can testify that in their own eyes, they've seen the physical form of God. But it says, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. It is declaring that through our love for one another, as believers, there's a sense by which we experience this God that is invisible. That's when you read the letter of John, you might miss a lot of things, but you will not miss that we should love one another. He seems to insinuate that the evidence of our regeneration, that means the evidence of us being Christians, is the love we show each other. So as we read this particular portion of scripture, it comes out clearly that if we love one another, then we show that God has worked in us. That we are identified with this holy and majestic God through our love for each other. So when we reflect on our first point, renewed to love. Renewed to love. And it begins in the uh, first verse that we've read, verse 7 says, according to my version, that's the ESV, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not, know, does not love does not know God, because God is love. This one is packed with ideas 
uh, about love. He says, he begins the particular phrase by calling them beloved. For you to be beloved, it means that you are loved by someone. You're not beloved just like that. You don't assume belovedness, if I can use that particular phrase. And the question we are asking ourselves, why are they beloved? In chapter 3, if you know that wonderful phrase, it says, Behold what manner of love that we should be called children of God. By calling them beloved, he's identifying them to what God has done in their lives. That God has loved them and has called them to be children. Thus, that statement means that they are beloved of God. Then he goes on to repeat the command, let us love one another. And the idea is picking up from the idea that you yourself has, have been loved. You yourself, you identify with God because of the love that has been poured out on you. Then it should come easily that you love. It seems easy. It seems easy to say love one another. But it's not. We live in a world where a majority of the people who surround you irritate you. There are days in your life you wake up, you feel as though everyone had set their mind to get on your nerves. They just want to disturb you, and it's easy to act unlovingly. But secondly, we live in a world where not everyone is lovable. True? Not everyone is, looks the way you'd want for them to be loved. It's easy to answer sarcastically to someone who asked stupid questions. True? Uh, it is easy <laughs> to laugh at someone's pronunciation because in your heart you feel like you know better English than them. It is difficult for us to show the love even in the small things. And yet the command is that we who are believers should love another. So what is the problem. What bothers us that we are unable even when we could just shut up and show love, we do not. When someone asks that quote-unquote stupid question and you can just shut up, not answer, or give correct directions, why don't you? John goes and lays a philosophical reason on why their beloved, the people who have come to love the Lord and have been loved by the Lord, he says, because love is from God. That if you identify with God, if you have come to experience the salvation that is from the Lord, then the ultimate response in relation to the people around you is love. The Swahili saying says, mtoto wa nyoka ni nyoka. It says that the being that is, that pr the being produces that which is of its kind. If the snake were to give birth to a donkey, that would be absurd. It would be news to hear of. But that has never happened because the snake either will die or it was never a snake. <laughs> so it says similarly, us who have been born of God, us who have come to the saving knowledge of God, because God is love, then us who are his children, as said in First uh, John chapter 3, what should we do? We should be loving. That because God's nature is a nature of love, then who, us who claim to be children of God should practice that nature 
of love. And I guess this is a call for us to ask ourselves, number one, have we been born of God? Have we come to the saving knowledge of this Savior? Have our sins been pardoned by the sacrifice that Jesus made on that tree? And it's a point of reflection. Maybe your struggles with loving the people around you is because you haven't experienced that changing love that comes from Christ. Maybe your struggles with loving your parents is because of that. Of loving your workmates is because of that. So I wonder, have you been born of God? But secondly, is the nature of this love. We speak about love, but what is this love that we say? Is it the mushy feelings you feel when that lovely boy is seated next to you? Or is it the acts of service? Uh, you did this because you, you think perhaps you love someone. In the second part, he gives an idea of what this love is. Gives two things that I picked out. The first one, the love is sacrificial. That's from verse 9. He says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 9, it is sacrificial. Verse 10, it is unconditional. It says... This is love, not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The sacrifice was in relation to our sinful nature. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, I'm looking at some people who I told to read Ephesians chapter 2. <laughs> that we were dead in our sins and trespasses. We were dead because of a sinful nature. But he says God made us alive together with Christ. How? Through the sacrifice of his son. That we have been freed from the body of death because Jesus died. Because God sent his son to die for us. That's the type of love that he is calling us to love with one another. Is a sacrificial sense of love. That because we have been accepted and have been cleansed of our sins, then we also need to love one another in view of that. We need to sacrifice our comfort, sacrifice our ideas of what good is, sacrifice even the very things that we value in order to love the way God loves us. This love looked at the ultimate good. It's not just a love that loves the way it is. It looked at the ultimate good. And the ultimate good for us was that we be united with God. That if God were to just love us the way we would have wanted to be loved, the way we were, we would have perished in death. But his love was sacrificial because... It was to change us, to be more like him, so that we be united to him. And our sacrifice of love is a love that is willing to lay down the things we value because of the ultimate good of our brother. But when we see our brothers going wrong, love is not just let him be, love is rebuking. If you see our brother doing right, love is not just keeping quiet and nodding, it's encouraging Similarly, this love laid down his life for us. 
And even love is willing to lay down a friendship itself for the ultimate good of the individual. Thus, this is what the love looks like. It lays down for the ultimate good. But secondly, this love is unconditional. He says, in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to die and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. John says, it's not that we, because we had any sense of love to God. Our friendships and relationships are built on the idea of mutual affection. You would be found mad, extremely mad, if you claim to love someone who didn't love you back. True? If I go further, you'd be called obsessed. And you, the police might be called on you. But God's love is unconditional in that he was not loving because we responded lovingly to him. Because we cared so much about the things he valued, then he said, wow, these people actually love me. Let me love them back. The Bible says over and over again in different scriptures of this unconditional love. If we read John 1.11, it says he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. If we read Romans 5.8, it says, but God demonstrates his love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. A multitude of verses speak of this glorious idea that God's love to us was not based off anything we had, was not based off anything we were, but because he was loving. And similarly, he's calling us to that type of love. Not that we become obsessed with people and stalk them. It's the idea that even when things are not going the way you'd want them to go, you still love. Even at your workplaces, when your bosses don't seem as though they are kind bosses, the commandment from the Lord is you love. Even when your parents, they are truly not the way you'd think a parent should be, the commandment is you should love. And that's in our community, in our communal gathering, the commandment for us is that we love. There are people in our midst that are not lovable. There are people in our midst that care not about what you value. And it's easy to act unlovingly. And let me tell you, you will be justified when you raise your complaint. You don't know how difficult that person is. But the commandment for us is because we have been loved by a sacrificial and conditional love, then we are to love sacrificially and unconditionally. But finally, the transforming power of this love. From verse 11 to 12, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I don't know if you've ever met someone, back to the obsession, obsessed about their ex. The more they love, the more their ex seems good in their head. Uh, even how evil they might be, they say, like, he'll change for me. 
will change for me. But there's something about love. We have mentioned that love is a manifestation of God's transforming power in our life. But we deal with difficult people. We live with parents that are really troublesome. We speak now and some of us are in families and in homes that might be breaking. And it's difficult when someone tells you to love such a difficult person. Maybe we've faced abuse in one way or the other. And it's a difficult thing to hear, to be told, to love such an individual. But this particular scripture says that love does something to us. Number one, it reveals who God is. Because it says no one has ever seen God. As I mentioned before in my example, that I experienced the love of God through the love of brothers and sisters in my life. And similarly, if we are to love, it reveals God both to us. We are able to commune with God in such a beautiful way through our love of brothers and sisters. But secondly, this love changes us. Because it says God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. The idea of perfection means that through our love for one another, we, number one, become better at loving. Just like the ex who sees the beauty in that uh, random person, similarly, the more we love one another, we are able to become better at loving. Through our selfless, unconditional love for one another, we become more like Christ. And that's the desire of the Christian, to become more like Christ. We can then be perfectly patient, perfectly kind, keeping no records of wrong, not reviling. We can be more like Christ through our love for one another. So this is the plea for us today. That when we walk outside and see someone by themselves, and you have the ability to Start a conversation. Start it. If there's someone you haven't forgiven and the Lord is speaking to your heart about forgiving them, today is the day. Because through our love for one another, we become more like Christ. Be it your family, be it your parents, be it your friends, this is the day. And my desire is that as we continue with life, we might become better at loving, thus become better, more like Christ, that we may experience the fullness that is found in it. But also as a church, we may form communities that hold up one another, that walk together with one another. Because the journey itself is not an easy journey. But through our love for each other, we can experiences, the mercies of the Lord that are new every morning together. So finally, if you're here and perhaps uh, you've experienced heart in one way or the other, I'd like to make a, a prayer uh, before we move uh, to our clans, be it in your specific relationships, be it your parental relationships or other relationships you find yourself in that you've experienced heart, I pray uh, that as we pray together, it may be a release, that the Lord may give you the grace to love as he loves, sacrificially and unconditionally. But 
Another prayer is a prayer for salvation because this love cannot be shared if you haven't experienced it. So if you're here and you know you haven't come to a knowledge of this wonderful God, uh, I pray that this may be that time. And after the service, kindly see me or any of the youth leaders if you desire to be prayed for more. So let's pray. Our kind and mighty Father, we thank you for this, your word, that is alive, active, sharper than a double-edged sword. Lord, we pray that as we've heard that we should love one another, that we may not be like the individual that sees himself in the mirror, but after a few moments forgets what he looks like. But we may practice these things that we have. So Lord, I pray for those who are here and have been hurt, be it by their parents, be it by their significant others, be it by society in general, be it by even the Christian community, that this may be a day for forgiveness. Oh Lord, remind them of what you did on Calvary, pardoning our sins. We who raised our fists against you, we who are following our own ways, but you drew us near because of that sacrifice of Jesus. And Lord, pulling from that great love, may we forgive. But more than forgiveness, oh Lord, bring healing to our hearts. Speak over those painful situations. Bring healing of our hearts, O oh Lord. Bring healing of our hearts. But Lord, I pray if there be any in our midst that doesn't know you. Your word says that if you hear the voice of the Lord, do not harden your heart. Lord, that this may be a day of transformation. That because your word has been spoken, because you have reminded us of our sinful ways, draw us near to you. And Lord, may you save. So I thank you and I exalt you. For it is in the name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. Amen. Yes. Announcements. We should go to our clans. So we, uh, it's clan time. Whoop, whoop. So this is where you practice your loving. So as we go to our clans, uh, let us share uh, in this wonderful time. All right? All right? And if you do not have a clan, kindly come in front. Uh, we shall clan you up. Yes? That was for you to go now. Now, I mean, at this very moment. <laughs>